You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This presentation by Marshall Fritz was given on September the 2nd, 1988, California State University at Fresno at the Campaign 88 class by Dr. David Provo. In this pre- the title of the presentation is Beyond Left-Right, and it is a presentation that goes beyond the left-right in the political spectrum. It presents the world's smallest political quiz and the diamond chart, or self-government, sometimes called the self-government chart, as a uh, four-pointed compass, a new kind of compass for measuring the world of politics. Now, this presentation is appropriate, you're welcome to, uh, to use it if you'd like, for upper division uh, political science groups. It typically is not uh, that appealing to uh, lower division and to high schools because they aren't that already well set in the left-right, so finding a better system isn't that important to them. The other uh, item of interest on this particular recording, it's the debut of a segment uh, tentatively called the uh, Psychological Sinful Source of Political Ideology, and it gets into a a different sort of view as to why the liberals, the conservatives, the authoritarians, and libertarians uh, have, uh, have the ideas that they have. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening, and remember, all contributions to the Advocates for Self-Government are tax-deductible. title of this presentation is Hope for the Politically Homeless. Hope for the Politically Homeless. There's a thesis there that there must be some people that are without a home politically, so let's find out who they might be. Now, when we talk about political homes or the political spectrum, we typically hark back to the left-right spectrum and we talk, call people liberals or conservatives or leftists or rightists or far left or more, you know, that sort of thing. It's the traditional way. It's taught in many schools. The politicians and the statesmen use it referring to each other. The journalists refer to a left and right wing constantly. So let's start with there. If, if, we, if we knew that somebody was uh, very in, uh, interested in free speech, very much in favor of free speech, where would we tend to put them? Left or right? Left or right? Left. 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 Okay. Now, if a person was very interested in free enterprise, where would we tend to put them? On a right. Now, what about a person who really was a strong believer in both? Where would you put them? Middle. In the middle. All right. And what about a person who was strongly against both? Middle. In the middle. Right next to the person who's strongly in favor of both. Maybe there's something fishy with a mapping system that would have people as opposite as these two, uh, ostensibly in the same place. Let's matter a different way. If Stalin is on the left and Hitler is on the right, who do you feel closer to? Neither one. Right? So all of us are right in the middle, aren't we? Huh? How many of us want to be right in the middle if that's our choice? Right? Well, now, what kind of a mapping system is it where we all get to be in the same place? How do we you know, tell people apart, tell anything apart, tell any ideologies apart? What I'm trying to do this morning, what I'm offering you this morning is not really a sales presentation on the libertarian philosophy. I'd be glad to do that. Invite me back, doctor, and point off your... So this is not something I shy from. But what I am here making a sales presentation, that's basically teaching with a smile. And when you're on the commission plan, you really care if they win or if they accept your ideas or not. But I am here this morning is selling or presenting in my opinion, a better way to map the world of politics. It's kind of like I'd like to do for the world of politics what Columbus or Copernicus did for the world of geography and, uh, 
the uh, solar system, astronomy. And just because we, we figure out that the world is round doesn't mean that we ought to move to America. But at least one can consider someone who is moving to America or who is already there, they're not off the edge of the world, they're not off the map, they're not ludicrously insane and crazy for going on a boat when your brother-in-law decides he's going to emigrate. Right? He may be bold, but he's not necessarily nuts, because at least you've got a spot for him on the map. And after many years of being a libertarian, and the primary reaction to my idea is to be either to be ignored or to be taunted, it's dawned on me and many others that one of the reasons for that, a primary real reason for that, is that we are off the map. Because every position held by a libertarian has been held by some great statesman who we all revere. A Jefferson, a Lincoln, you know, that kind of a thing. So, but, but it's the composite of all these ideas that seems very peculiar. And it's because we are limiting ourselves frequently to a political mapping system that is no more than a metaphor left over from the French Revolution. How many of us know the origin of the left-right metaphor? Show of hands. Ah, good. See if I've heard the same story you have. All right, you tell me well, if I... Well, it was how it was set up in, in Parliament that, that uh, the... Um, sure. Was that it was essentially the revolutionaries were on the left and the, the monarchists were on the right. You are right on target. What was happening was you used to set by state or by region, you know, so all of Normandy would sit together and then Indiana would sit over here and, and Sussex would sit over here and, you know, except that they would do it country by country. But then after the, during the French Revolution, there was too much sword fighting going on in the, in the, in the assembly. And it doesn't look good, you know, <clears throat> we are statesmen. <laughs> You're all supposed to be following us. It doesn't make sense that we're, you know, kicking or, or, or having sword play. So some genius had the idea and he said, hey, all you Republicans, was the name of the liberals in those days. All use Republicans, you sit over here on the left. And use uh, monarchists that want to keep the king or bring him back, you sit over here on the right, and then we'll put soldiers up and down the middle to cut down on the sword play. And that's what it's all about now. Let's look at some spectra. Here we have the traditional left-right spectrum with Mr. Mitterrand, for instance, on the left, and Miss Thatcher on the right. No indication ever of tick marks. You never see tick marks. You never see a legend underneath as to what's being measured. You just don't see it, because they don't say it. You just don't see it. What is Miss uh, Thatcher more right-handed than Mr. Ritmary? No, it's hard to. Let's let's try to put some sort of sense to this real quickly. Let's say that left or liberal means a preference for personal self-government, a preference for self-government, individual choice, liberty, freedom, whatever nickname you want to use in personal matters, and that conservative or to the right means preference for self-government in economic affairs. If you will, free speech on the left, free enterprise on the right. Let's apply that kind of a scale to this. And then, since we found it a bit inadequate a few minutes ago when you had the two opposing forces, you know, holding hands in the middle, how many people would call me a middle-of-the-roader, Dr. Povo? Not very many. Very <laughs> because they're mapping systems. What if we go to the high, above the chart a little bit here, we could have the high left, ACLU, 
very interested in free speech. The high right, Barry Goldwater Heritage Foundation, very interested in free enterprise. As we stretch the bar a little bit to the bottom, we get to the low left, the democratic socialists, and the low right, the moral majority. And if we looked at a, an imperative that each of them feels as an attitude, the dominant theme on the high left, the dominant theme for an ACLU person is allow freedom of expression. Allow freedom of expression. If you go to the high right and look for a dominant theme, the dominant theme you find is to allow free enterprise. So as you go above on this charting system that we're building, above the half point line, you're getting to allow as your basic attitude people to be free on one attribute or another of their lives. As we come below on the left, we seem to walk away from an attitude of allowing free speech, and there's much more concentration on forcing income redistribution. Michael Harrington, Tom Hayden, doesn't talk nearly as much about free speech as he does about forcing his standards of income uh, equality on some geographic area of the world, uh, the state, uh, the country, or whatever. And as you go to the low right, similarly, you find that the dominant, the dominant attitude here in your moral majority is not to allow free enterprise, but to force their version of morality, of personal morality. If we have time, we will conclude today's session with a brand new presentation, first time ever publicly given. I've done it on the phone and done think, thinking and all, but the psychological sinful source of political ideology and the psychology sin motivation, if you will, of each of these four different points on the diamond that we're developing. I'll entertain a question of clarification, not of argumentation at this stage. We'll probably have some time for that later. What occurred to me, uh, yes, David. Professor, where would you put the bill that just passed that the state legislature agreed to stand with the statewide standards that were not received? Okay. As opposed to community based. Right. All bills are themselves. Can I defer the question for about thirty for about a minute, and I'll come back to it. Okay. Because it's a, I think it's a really a, an absolute key to understanding this entire thing. Let me complete the chart, and then I'll come right back to that question. And you remind me if I don't. Buddha will. Let's complete the chart now and fill in these bottom and top points. As we go higher and higher on self-government, we get to a libertarian, this is good a name as any right now, philosophy. So if you combine the high left, the attitudes of, say, a, uh, a, uh, Henry, um, a Martin Luther King, and the high right, a Barry Goldwater, you get to a Henry David Thoreau, a libertarian. So you're combining now your attitude of allowing freedom of expression, allowing freedom of enterprise, the distinction of left and right. Notice that we're narrowing here, and there isn't much difference here. The significant thing is that you're in a high degree of allow. If we reverse the flow and we go downward on a dimension that we can actually measure, we believe, and have lower and lower self-government, as we combine the the forced income redistribution attitudes of the low left 
and the forced standards of morality and legislating of morality on the right. As you combine those two and you get closer and closer to the drain here, the authoritarian point. Yeah, as you all know where I come from, so you can, uh, you know, if Stalin is your hero, then, then uh, as, you, as you rise to the great Stalinist uh, beautiful society, the workers' paradise, but as you come down lower and lower in self-government, you have more and more others' government. People are running each other's life. I'll decide what you eat tonight. You decide what I eat tonight. The two of us will vote on what he, um, how he dresses, and the three of us will decide if Dr. Provo ever has any more children or not. Okay? Others' government. We know we can't govern our own lives. Let's govern other people. Kind of an attitude. As you get more and more others' government, or less and less self-government, you get communism, fascism, and the closest thing we have to Hitler here in America, Lyndon LaRouche. A person who is convinced that he's endowed with such immense capacities that he can take on the mantle of making all the decisions in your life. Now to address Dr. Provo's questions. All legislation is either at this point or at this point, and it's typically at this point. All legislation is typically a, re a restriction of someone's self-government. So you can never take, for instance, a single clause or bill or law or regulation and place it particularly on here anywhere. The only way you get to an area on this kind of a thing, sort of mathematically, the only way you get to an area is some sort of amalgam or composite or average of lots of different positions. And in truth, in my opinion, there's only one line that really makes any sense. It's the self-government line up and down the middle and that these little swings that we have from left to right are rather temporary, they're specious, they're insignificant. That the real thing that's happening is what's happening up and down. You'll hear the metaphor over the years. Not to worry, Mildred, the pendulum will swing back our way soon. But what really happens is as that pendulum swings to the right, most conservatives don't expand free enterprise. They don't allow more free enterprise. They don't take off laws that are restricting free enterprise. They don't sell the TVA. They enforce the war on drugs. And then as it swings back to the left, the left doesn't expand freedom of speech. It doesn't repeal restrictive legislations today that say you can't call your grandmother on an interstate or intrastate telephone line and tell her to take her money out of the bank because you think it's a dangerous bank to have her money into. You go six months in jail. They catch you with that one, kid. Huh? What if your 18-year-old son comes up to you and says, I want to know, Mom, do you think I ought to register for the draft? And what if your opinion is that he shouldn't? You tell him that. You've just broken the law. You're telling your son what you think. It's only selectively enforced. We only actually put people in jail who speak out publicly. You know, so it's okay in some people's minds. But what really happens is, as the pendulum swings to the left and then back to the right, in my opinion, as a libertarian, from my perspective, up here at the tippy tip, the real significant thing is that it gets ever lower and lower and lower. That indeed Americans have turned their back on the American Revolution. That they have re-embraced the notions of the old world. 
500 years ago, they thought that the king, the, 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 the government, the, the political power, owned and was responsible for your soul. And you see the Inquisition, the Crusades, the witch burning. You see all kinds of, of instances of humans using violence against other humans because they weren't doing salvation quite properly. A couple hundred years ago, America's contribution, one of them, was the separation of school and state. And what do we see today? But the state has claimed it owns your carcass. Yes, we expect you to wear a seatbelt, young man. It's replaced the S-word of salvation with the S-word of safety. After all, if I have to pay for your medical care, I have a right to tell you what to eat. Benjamin Franklin warned against it. He said, people who exchange their liberty for security end up with neither. Now, enough of this background. Let's get into the quiz. We're going to take a quiz, and this is why I'd like to ask you to take a piece of paper, tear it out of your notebook. I'd like you to turn it in, please, without your name on it. I will be giving you copies of the quiz take with you. In fact, if somebody here wants to hand out 5000 on campus, I'll help him finance it, all right? I mean... <laughs> Well, I understand. Back when we were in Atlanta, there's the free speech zone. Where's America? That you know, I mean, it's zoned for free speech area, right? So a couple of sassy libertarians would go up to the police and say, "Where's America? <laughs> understand? There's free speech there, right?" And uh, down by the crazies, uh, the uh, socialists. Whew. Those folks really don't believe in free speech. You should see what happens when the Ku Kluxers come walking in. <laughs> they attack them, genius. Oh boy, let's watch this, right? And he's, Went down, ran down to get closer to see the action, right? It's going to be fun watching the, the fight. They don't believe in free speech. What is free speech? Letting people who agree with you talk out? Ah, right on, baby. Right on. That's what free speech is. I'm going to be asking 10 questions. Oh, let me get this more salesy. You'll be hearing. See? I want to get you oriented. Who's in marketing? Anybody here in marketing? All right, good. Get you oriented. Not I'm going to be asking you 10 questions. You're going to be hearing 10 questions. Okay. You're going to be hearing 10 political statements. I've attempted to make them all absolute. If you agree with it, you write yes. If you disagree, you write no. He's already writing yes. Oh, what up? <laughs> Got a couple of radicals in here, right? And if your answer is maybe or sometimes or I don't know, or I need more information, or I'm unsure, then just write maybe. All right, so you get, yes, I can pretty well go along with that. No, no way, that's the dumbest idea I've heard all week. Or I'm somewhere in a muddle. M is for muddle, okay? The first five questions are going to have to do with personal liberties, things that you don't measure in dollars. You know, give me $10 worth of Hail Marys, please. You don't measure prayer in dollars, do you? That makes sense, right? I want a $50 sonnet. What? <laughs> you don't measure poems in dollars or yen. Okay, here we go. These are personal issues, and you're going to write yes, maybe, or no. First question. Military service should be voluntary. No draft. Yes, maybe, or no. Second question. Government should not own or censor TV or the press. 
Three, repeal regulations on sex by consenting adults. Doesn't say anything about consenting of children or non-consenting adults. It says repeal regulations on sex by consenting adults. Four, drug laws do more harm than good. Repeal them. Drug laws do more harm than good. Repeal them. Five, let people immigrate and emigrate freely. How many of us know what the word immigrate means? May I see a show of hands? You promised me an English-speaking class. Come on. How many of us know what immigrate to immigrate means? Only half the class put up their hands. The other class, the other half is either asleep, doesn't like me, uh, or doesn't know. How many of us don't know what the word immigrate means? <laughs> Phrase the question Right. Or from Russia or across the Berlin Wall. Or in or out of South Africa. Ah, I see. <laughs> Listen to the radio because uh, if all goes well. Uh, it'll be phrased as two questions, but I'm going to blindside my opponent today. Want to hear a little preview time? Is there something wrong with the Berlin Wall? Huh? How many of us think there's something wrong with the Berlin Wall? Show of hands. Real quick. Come on, come on, come on. How many of us think there's something wrong with the Berlin Wall? People shooting people. They're trying to migrate to freedom. Okay, good. Now, how many of us think there's something wrong if the... Excuse me. What if the West Germans were to build the wall and shoot the East Germans that are trying to get in to West Germany? Would, it, would there be any moral difference if the West Germans were gunning down their, uh, their East Germans? Would there be any moral difference? Okay, now what about Tijuana? Oh, we aren't. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I'm glad nobody's dying there. Uh, tell the kid in the boxcar that, right? Huh? Your son suffocated, ma'am. Right? Oh, yes. Well, concrete thinking uber allus. Okay. Now, we've asked five questions. Count. Give tw yourself 20 points for every yes, 10 points for every maybe, zero points for every no. Anybody get above zero? Let me see a show of hands. Did anybody get above zero? Okay. Anybody get above uh, 30? Anybody get above 50? Okay. People that are above 50 are, tend to be self-governors in the area of personal matters. Now we're going to go into economic matters, but keep that total. We're going to need it in a few minutes. What? Zero. Yeah. Partial credit. <laughs> I'm a libertarian. You're lucky I don't make you subtract, okay? <laughs> now, five more questions. Farmers should farm without quotas or subsidies. Farmers should farm without quotas or subsidies. Yes, no, or who knows? Question two. People are better off with free trade than with tariffs. How many of us don't know what a tariff is? Question three, minimum wage laws eliminate jobs. Repeal them. Minimum wage laws eliminate jobs. Repeal them. Number four, end taxes. Pay for services voluntarily. End taxes. Pay for services voluntarily. The word end does not mean reform, make nicer, fair. It means end. All the words are meant in their most plain-spoken, non-metaphorical, non-hyperbolic sense here. 
whatever that means. Europe, fifth question, Europeans and Japanese should pay for their own defense. Europeans and Japanese should pay their own defense. Yes, no, maybe. Okay, now in the second five questions, add up your score. Five, I mean, uh, anybody get over, it uh, should be somewhere, anybody over 100? Yeah, same scoring. 20 for a... Yes. Okay. Yep. Right, here we go. Okay. Anybody get uh, 20, 30, or 40 on, uh, on uh, economics? All right, let's go to the first one first. We, get, uh, the, we did the, uh, the uh, personal liberties first. Anybody get uh, 50, 60, 70, 80 out there? Okay. Oh, a whole bunch. All right. Anybody get uh, 20, 30, 40 on economics and got 60, 70, 80 on, uh, on, uh, on personal? Somebody? Okay, a couple of them. Good. Give me your score, sir. What was it? Uh, 80, I mean, first question, 40. 80, 40. Okay, you're right here. Somebody else? Come on. Read them off. 90, 40. 90, 40. Okay, another? 70, 80. 70, 80. Okay, another? 40, 80. 40, what? 40, 80, huh, conservative, good, another one? 40, 60, centrist, okay, good. 40, 60, twice, okay, he took it twice, good. <laughs> Want to make sure he got it right, huh? I got extra credit for taking this twice. Okay, a couple more. 40, 20, authoritarian, okay. <laughs> Some of us know that if we just had the levers of power in our hands, we could straighten things out and make life better for everybody, right? So give me that lever of power. And that's uh, basically authoritarian position. Not uncommon. Not uncommon. In fact, many of us start here, age 15, 16, 17, we start to sense the injustice that's in the world, racial injustice, sexual discrimination, poverty, and we're feeling a sense of impotence because, you know, we don't have our license yet, we can't go out, there's lots of things we can't do, and we really want to straighten the world out. So many of us start with, a, with an authoritarian imperative of wishful thinking. If I could just run things, everything would be a lot better. Yeah, I'm 45, though. Well, we don't all outgrow it. <laughs> a lot of other things that we don't outgrow. So that's fine, too. I mean, uh, we'll take five, six more. 50, 10. Okay. 50, 50. Ah, all right, smack dead. Any other buddy in the libertarian quadrant? Come on, let me hear some of my compadres. What? 80, 80, all right, there's, huh? 90, 50, 80, 60, 80, come on, 60, okay. 80, 40, huh? 50, 40, any more conservatives? Only one conservative so far in the class? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Are you a genetic conservative? <laughs> well, we've been conservatives for three generations in the Haas and Foss family, and, uh, you know. Yes, sir, you got a question? I scored the 50 sandwich, I guess, because you're similar, like, All right. Okay. Well, we have a sense now of how this chart is used. Let's talk about why it might be uh, useful. Notice that we can really come up with a distinction now between 
an authoritarian. And how would Hitler, Pol Pot, uh, Stalin, Mussolini answer those questions? Would they all be down here in between 00 and 22? Don't they want to run everything for you? And what about Henry David Thoreau? Is he running around trying to get in control of everything, run everybody's life? Or what about Mark Twain? He'd get off on telling other people what to do? Mencken. Wish he'd live. John Lennon, I think. Probably about here. Okay, so there's a real difference. Another thing that points out, the value of this thing is, see the, 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 the international socialists disagree with the national socialists. They, have, they fuss all the time. This is the end of side one. Please turn the tape over to continue with side two. You do not need to fast forward this tape to the end of this side. Probably about here. Okay, so there's a real difference. Another thing that points out the value of this thing is, see the, 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 the international socialists disagree with the national socialists. They, have, they fuss all the time over which style of socialism ought to be uh, used. One of their fusses is called, was called World War II, where the international socialists, anybody know what they're called in everyday language? Socialism. International socialism. What, is a, what, is, what do we call international socialism? Communism. And what do we call national socialism? Nazis, Nazis or fascists. Right? Didn't they have a fuss? Huh? In your father's or grandfather's uh, time? Sure, they did. All right. And what was the fuss about? What was going to be done to you if they got their hands on you? What's there going to be any difference about what they were going to do to you once they got you? Oh, in terms of thought-controlled, personal... Right. The difference was who was going to get to do it, right? That's all it was. And yet, they want to obscure that fact. So it's much to their advantage to claim that this thing is a single scale going left to right, and for them to call themselves leftists, those that are leftists, and say, dirty fascist pig, are on the right. Poor Lyndon LaRouche has thrown this map for a loop. Because, you see, he's a Trotskyite. Now, the press is in the main uh, high left to low left out here. And they know that uh, LaRouche is a raving, serious, dangerous nutcase. Right? I mean, they, you get very close to that guy, you figure that out. But he's a Trotskyite, which, all according to the simple system, is on the left. But the press, you notice how rarely they refer to him as a far left? Huh? Do you notice they never call him a left winger? Radical or an ultra right. Or extremist, right? But he's not on our side. Another interesting little difference here. You notice how you hear about uh, uh, Nazi atrocities and communist excesses? Reverse those two words, and it becomes apparent. Because you never hear about uh, Stalinist atrocity. Very rarely do you hear the word atrocity connected with Stalin. Oh, there were problems during the, uh, during the, uh, uh, agri the uh, uh, collectivization, the modernization of agriculture, where Stalin starved millions of people. And you never, thank God, never hear of Nazi excesses, or very rarely do, except from white national nutcases. But in mainstream press, mainstream textbooks, you'll, hear, you'll see um, communist excesses and Nazi atrocities.
interesting little warp, little twist. And then Dr. Provo and I were going over this quiz, you know, looking for, do I have bias in there? Because I don't want bias in the quiz. Two things that it can be kind of interesting. When you, have, when you take these quizzes home, and they're slightly different questions here, essentially the same, a little bit different phrasing. You take these quizzes home. Uh, could you, by the way, pass your, oh, let me ask you one more. Uh, yeah, pass those papers forward, please. Gene, will you collect them? And get out another piece of paper, which you may or may not wish to hand in. And pass those papers forward. I'd like to offer you the opportunity to subscribe for one year a free trial subscription to the Freeman Magazine. The Freeman Magazine can come into your house or apartment every month with 48 pages just chock full of articles about how the freedom philosophy works. How that if you actually use it, it produces the goods. Why is there an abundance in countries that use free market and shortages all the time in countries that don't? I don't want to be unduly harsh on uh, the Soviet Union, probably hard to be unduly harsh on the Soviet Union, but Russia was a grain exporting country up until 1917. Their problem every year was finding uh, markets for their surplus grain. Since then, they've had bad weather. <laughs> 71 in Burma used to be the rice, one of the rice bowls. 26, 25 years of socialism, they cannot feed themselves. South Africa today, as bad a problems and country as they have, and the stupidity that they're doing, and the harshness and everything, Neighbors on some Marxist countries, guess which way people migrate? Toward apartheid. Blacks are trying to get into South Africa. Give me some of that oppression. It's better than having Marxist oppression. Right. And you can't eat in a Marxist country. They can't. Oh. That's right. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> Obviously, they're concerned with the bottom line. I think very few people are interested in freedom for freedom's sake. What they're interested in is they want more harmony, more peace, more justice, more abundance in their lives. Yes, question? In a predominantly two-party system, of which side of, or Democrat or Republican does the average libertarian vote for? Neither. Uh, there's two average libertarian attitudes. One is to vote libertarian. Ron Paul is the candidate. The other is to abstain from the system entirely, that the system itself is dysfunctional, and by participating in it, you sanction it. So there's two great streams of libertarian thought. And there's a small, a third stream, which is work inside of either of the other parties and try to control it from within. Kind of a theory, you have to hold power in order to disperse power. Now, I have very little uh, good to say about that particular theory. So let me finish what I need to say here. Or I scoot. If you would like to read more about this, you have a couple of options here. I've got 10 or 12 of the copies of Restoring the American Dream. Start on page 49. I'd, I'd urge you and read 10 pages. The uh, author, Bob Ringer, was a bestseller on the New York Times bestseller list 10 years ago. But the uh, author made a mistake, and the first two chapters, in my opinion, in the opinion of his publisher, should have been an appendix. So anyway, start at page 49 and go from there. If you like it, loop around, read the first relatively free country, start on page one if you want to. Freer than most. I'd get shot for having that many copies in some places. If you'd like to stay up to date and look at things uh, every month, give me your name and address on a piece of paper and write the word Freeman, F-R-E-E-M-A-N, on that piece of paper. If you'd like to have an invitation to come to a Pizza New Idea Club, where you get a bunch of guys and gals together, have a pizza and we talk about this stuff, 
And basically, uh, I keep my mouth about 90% shut. You guys get to do 90% of the talking. That's it's a, it's something I teach because if people are going to learn this, they learn it from within themselves really more than they learn it from the outside. So if you think it'd be fun to get together with uh, half a dozen people that would be uh, interested in talking about this, write the word pizza on your uh, form. Now, what value does this have? And let's wrap this thing up. Uh, one, you can plot positions. Two, you can notice or see things that are, that, are, that are significant that are happening. There seems to be an axis shift. There may have been a polarization from left to right 20 or 50 years ago, but the baby boomer generation, of which you're about the last uh, few years of, seems to be polarizing itself differently. They seem to be polarizing from authoritarian to authoritarian kind of a spectrum. And this has uh, some significance for the kinds of, of uh, changes that are going to take place in about 15 to 20 years as the baby boomers take control and and uh, run things. So uh, that's uh, another value to this. Secondly, it gives certain people a political home. Right now, everybody but the libertarians claims to have a home. The Stalinists and the uh, socialists claim to be on the left, and the, and the uh, fascists claim to be on the right, and other people claim to be in between them somehow. But it leaves these people without a home, the libertarians. Various tests show anywhere from, from 17 to 34 percent of the Americans are libertarians. And if you look at the young managerial class, it's as high as 60%. How many of us in this room uh, tested as libertarian on this test? May I see a show of hands? One, two, three, four, four, five. Is there someone over there? No. Okay. So around 20% of this class tested as libertarian. College educated, uh, national average is 34%. So, but you're homeless. In fact, you get kind of frustrated sometimes. You say, don't label me. I'm left on some issues. I'm right on some issues. Don't label me. But maybe there is a label, and a good one. It's about as long as delicatessen, but it's better than not having a label at all. I'm going to stretch it and try to get into the psychological sinful sources of political ideology. Why do people line up on these different quadrants? Now, this is my own craziness, so if it works, I want credit. If it doesn't, I have to find somebody to blame it on. And I'm going to pick on all four groups, and I'm going to start with conservatives, particularly the moral majority. They want to outlaw pornography. They want to outlaw immorality. Why? I suspect that they're fighting their own sin. Have you ever heard the expression that when you're pointing a finger at someone else, that three of those fingers are pointing back at yourself? Have you ever heard the expression as a kid, takes one to know one? Did you ever hear that? There's truth in that. You ever read in Scripture that long before you can get the, the speck out of the other person's eye, you have to get the log out of your own eye? You ever see from Shakespeare, uh, he thinks she might be just uh, protesting a bit too much. All different ways of saying the same thing. That the sins that anger us as human beings, the sins that cause an emotional fury, are the sin that we're afraid we have ourselves. We're fighting our own sin. It's our, sh our shadow or more, or worse. Conservatives, many of them have a problem with lust. They don't want pornography available in America. Because that way, in some burst of chastity, they can throw away their dirty books that they've got out behind the corn crib and then not play with themselves anymore. That's their hope. 
They're fighting their sin. And they talk about being real upset with these licentious liberals, these fornicating fools on the left. But who is it that we notice every once in a while uh, who gets caught in the wrong place with the wrong person? Right. The liberal is pointing a finger at that skin-flinty conservative who isn't generous, who isn't compassionate, who doesn't care about the poor. Funny thing is, direct mail works on the right, but not on the left. There's no great direct mail industry on the left of mailing letters of appeal for funds to leftists and getting those, that money back and then doing some good work with it. Very sparse. Why? Because the leftists can look at that mail that comes in, that starving baby in Ethiopia, that leftist can put that right in the trash can and nobody sees it. Direct mail works on the right. Vigory and that whole new right business, it works on the right. Why? Because that right-winger, in spite of what that leftist is telling you, is generous. She writes that check for $25, for $2,500, because she or he cares. Cares where their money is, not just their mouth is. When you see the tax forms uh, admitted to or announced by a Mondale, by a Jesse Jackson, you see people that make $200,000 a year and give only 2000 to charity. see people that aren't generous. When they want compulsory generosity in the welfare state, what they're saying, and they're saying, and they always say, I would give to the poor, but what are we going to do about those skin flints who won't? And when you hear that, what you're hearing is, I am so greedy myself, I won't give to the poor unless I'm forced to. They're fighting their own sin. The authoritarian who wants order and control feels lost, feels unable to earn a living, feels, feels that first day of high school feeling, but more pervasive through his whole life, doesn't want to feel responsible for feeding himself and his family or making his own moral decisions. And he's so afraid of that that he wants to legislate everything so that we have a perfectly orderly society and everybody knows their place. The dynamic is fear, envy of those who can produce. Left we let... And it takes eight minutes to get there. I'm watching that clock. I'm not going to leave without getting a few licks in on the libertarians, the psychosin source of political ideology. Libertarian is fighting concentrations of power. The libertarian wants to see the dispersion of power, which you get in the marketplace, and get it away from the Washington, D.C.s, the Berlins, the Leningrads, the Moscows. Okay? And see that power dispersed to the people. Why? Fighting his own sin. Why? What? They want power. You got it. The libertarian craves to be in control totally of the world. He figures if he could just disperse power, then he wouldn't be tempted to, uh, to have it. So anyway, 
for what it's worth. That's my guess. My uh, guess as to the psychological sin source of political ideology. If you want to find out more about this, please pass your name and address forward now. You can take a book on the way out. Uh, there's some extra copies of the quiz. You'll see it in the Fresno B with the new questions. Those are the old questions. And I am going to say good day, ladies and gentlemen, and good day, Liberty. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.